he's saying uh, Colin Kaepernick isn't, isn't doing it right now. You know, kind of saying that you shouldn't sit, kneel, you know? A guy like him, what do you think? It's disappointing because I don't really know there's a, a right and a wrong way to protest. There's a right way and a wrong way to, to handle black unarmed men and women in America. Sure. But it's not going about it the right way. I just think the thing is that things are different now. Um, I'm sure they told him in 67 when he called that summit, I'm sure they said it wasn't the right way. All right, so, you know, this is not as somber a tone as we had previously, but I am sad to report that Netflix's Defender sucks. Huh. I wouldn't go so far as say that it sucks, though. All right, how far would you go? I mean, I mean, if I was the rated, uh, i say uh, out, of, out of 10... One out of ten, I give it a seven. I, I, I oh, whoa, whoa, now. Nah, you had like, to justify that seven. No, nah, no, nah, I personally don't think it sucks. I mean, it, it got its good moments. It got moments that make you be like, hey, yeah, this, it, it served the purpose, its purpose for, for what it is. Um, well, before, hold on, before we jump all the way into that right quick, um, our main story, so I'm just so agitated thinking about the Defenders again. Our main story today will be um, – <laughs> the NFL having its issue with Colin Kaepernick, uh, former quarterback of uh, San Francisco 49ers. He knelt during the national anthem during the last season, and now, consequently, we have fans of Colin Kaepernick, well, I should say supporters of Colin Kaepernick, boycotting the NFL as well as detractors. And also, it just so happens that players are beginning to kneel during the national anthem too, which is pretty crazy. So, we're going to jump into that, but before we get to um, all the good, juicy stuff, let's talk about how slaughtered defenders are, that you're going to give a seven. I need I need you to really break down this justification. I mean, like I said, and, and, and also, I want to put a spoiler alert out there for people who have not watched the defenders. Um, I would advise, before you listen to this part of the podcast, please watch the defenders first, and then, um, if not, you just fast forward to the Ka- Kaepernick parts. He's but, the um, kind person because it's so slow. I wasn't even gonna bother with that, but yeah, but and, I appreciate and, you and doing that despite my agitation. What the defenders are? It's a Netflix Marvel Netflix show where it combines all of the Marvel Netflix heroes together into one miniseries. So we have can you Luke list them Cage. off right quick for the people? Yeah, so we got Luke Cage, um, the defender of Harlem. We got um, Daredevil, the blind ninja. We got Jessica Jones, the uh, what do you, you call her? Superhero, narcissistic detective. She would never call herself a hero, but she, she but that's fair. Yep. Hero, yeah. And then you got Iron Fist. You know. <laughs> Look, you ain't got nothing positive to say. Exactly. All right. I don't even have no, a title for him. The Iron Fist of Kun Lan, a.k.a. the whitest man in any superhero show I've ever seen. Man, it ain't. It, you know what? I've seen worse. That that's not the problem by itself. Man. But but, go ahead and justify your seven so I can slap well, it down. Well, to me, to me, the defenders is like getting a, a lukewarm hand job from your high school crush. 
at the at the end of the day, it's your high school crush. She mm-hmm. fine, and you still come at the end of the day. That's how I felt about um, the, the defenders. It was the defenders. No, the defenders the- is more like to me if. You know, I'm not going to use your analogy because it's going to get a lot more disgusting than that. But basically, it starts off, like, the first three, four episodes, like, I mean, get you so hyped. I mean, there's a lot of anticipation for how things will function and so on and so forth. And you look forward to seeing how the characters develop. And then the last five to eight is, like, they're just not bringing it like i mean there's so many reasons i'm before i start trying to tear it down i'm still looking for you to tell me why it's worth looking at you know what honestly i I still think it's worth looking at if you're if you're a fan of the other series i don't think it's something that you should skip it's like to me it's like a better version of iron fist because it is in a sense to me it's very iron iron fist heavy Uh, okay for context purposes did you finish iron fist Halfway made it. I yeah. Okay. Well, you can't say that. I'm just. I, I was just I'm, making sure. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, 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 I, I ain't it forget was, that. At least I could watch the defenders. Now, I would like to say that I, even though I did say a seven, I do want to bring it down a notch to six because I forgot something in particular. Okay. There's a scene in the defenders that has the worst CGI I ever seen in my life. What are we talking for, about? For like such a you know a production on that level no, but we'll see though so do you remember when i think it's the the last episode where um they were getting onto the elevator to face off with the hand for the last time okay which by the way that was a pretty cool fight scene um all those fight scenes leading up to it and but yes sir the, the there were much better ones they leading got up to, that. to the elevator um their devil was like i'm glad i met you guys and then Luke Cage will say, hey, hey, I'm not going to hug you, dude, or something like that. And then mm-hmm. right at that moment, when Jessica Jones walks forward to the elevator, you can tell that it's a green screen. I can't completely explain to you what it looked like for, for you or those out there, those at home. When you get a chance, just really look at that scene, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It see, you a filmmaker, too, so you're going to notice that. No, uh, I didn't notice it at first. LaDon pointed it out to me, and we was like, Oh, ooh. and when I tell you it's legit jarring, like it's something that if you if you looked away for a second, you wouldn't notice it because you because you and I and the thing is, is that I feel like they had to know that they made that mistake when they were editing. I think they were thinking in their mind, hey, this whole little fight scene, all of this is going to be so awesome. Hopefully people don't notice it. But whoever did that should get fired for that because that, it's very noticeable. When you when you see it in this job, okay. Let, let's let's talk plot for a second. Okay, I let you okay. get more into the plot. You the English major. No, I, I'm not <laughs> interested. No, the plot is slow. Um, yeah, so that that's a whole other thing. The most what? interesting thing that happens in the entire series, particularly for Danny, is you get hooked really early because at the end of Iron Fist, you see that Kung Long has been decimated. Like everybody there has been killed. So when the defender starts. And they can't, ca- you don't know it's electric at the moment, but they're fighting this woman. She kills one of the other warriors of Kung Lung. Oh, and he's on the airplane, and he's seeing a vision of all the people of Kung Lung having been killed. And then his other self was like, it's all your fault, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, no, no. And the thing is, so you start feeling like, okay, like he, th- there's some real conflict here, you know, for him internally. He's got to fight through. And 
when Luke Cage comes to him with that whole, you're this billionaire white guy, you couldn't totally understand what it's like to be a black dude in the hood who got all these issues. It's like, bro, I left a place and all my people dead. You know what I mean? Now, he didn't put it that way, but, like, that's a real conflict. And sometimes the way black and white people feel like things, you know, like, you don't know my struggle kind of thing. Like, I, I felt that, but it was in a different way. And I was like, okay, this could be, like, a really cool character arc for Danny, right? And they never use it. Beyond the first episode, it never comes up again. He don't even mention, like, really feeling guilt for having the people come along killed. But him not being there is their protector because he's the one with the iron fist. He's the chosen one who's supposed to fulfill the destiny of destroying the hand. And instead, his dumbass... Like, let me let me show you how stupid Dan is used. They're, they wrote him like a dumbass villain. You know how, like... Normally, what happen is you get the villain to do something like they might be a little overpowered. Somebody got some skill that's real cold, and then the hero will use them to open up the thing they need. And then it's like, no, Electra used him like that. Man, tell me why when we was watching that, Ladon said she better not use his fist to open up that wall. Like, <laughs> like could we? This is what we thought was gonna happen. I said, how much you want to bet that he tried to punch her and she moves out the way and he unlocks the door? But that's so dumb and boring. Like, the thing is, so, Elektra killed Sigourney Weaver's character because of her own agency. Now, yeah. I didn't totally buy it completely. I, the Conceptually, I think it's cool, but I don't think they executed it right. But if somehow you can make Danny decide, and it doesn't mean that he needs to bust the wall open, but, like, say, I'm not a slave to the legacy given to me by Kung Long. Right. And you make him grapple with that. I mean, she brought it up. So thematically, it's sitting there, but they don't do anything with it. So the issue for me is just mainly there's a lot of things like on the table, and they don't really utilize the characters properly. Like Jessica Jones is just kind of there. Like she doesn't yeah. grow as a character in any kind of way. She's just there to complete the the case, so to speak. Uh, Luke, his mission is to like fulfill, like, so after that boy dies, he was trying to protect just to kind of keep doing stuff because it's for Harlem. Not even like, is this the right thing to do kind of thing or whatever. He's just kind of, I mean, like, it is the right thing to do, but like, he's still just only, as a character, he's only written to consider that young boy who died. Uh, Daredevil is just kind of there to, to hide that he still cares about Electra. But then Electra's whole motivation to do all the shit she does is just to have Matt be there with her so they can die together. Like, Well, I thought the concept was so that they can become immortal together. I mean, they initially, you know, what happened at the end happened, but I think her, her main motivation was so that they can both become immortal. Okay, but here's the thing. Neither one of us can say with certainty what the motivation was. That's true. <laughs> that that's like, poor writing. Like, <laughs> that's like, that's yeah. shit writing, man. But, like, but I was gonna um, pick up on what you said about how you know, I I think I like the separate characters' motivations in a sense, like Luke Luke Luke, um, you know, doing what he was doing and being brought into it with the connection to that to that boy, and um, Jessica's connection with trying to find out what happened to the architect. I thought all of those things were interesting. But, but you need to wrap it up. Essentially, they, they're really just street-level heroes, which all of them are. But um, they get caught into a, a bigger thing where the whole city is at stake. 
So even if they did want to say, like Jessica was like, you know, this pretty much, you know, when you get into ninjas and shit, that was way over her head. But when you well, one the ninjas, it was the people coming alive who were dead, kind of shit. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying based off what she had said about talking about ninjas and shit, she was like, that's that's outside her wheelhouse. But when you realize that the whole city was at stake, in stake, they like, okay, we gotta we gotta step it up. We got. But like, on. okay, okay, but here's the other thing too, the hand. Is okay. Let, let's just broaden this a little bit. Marvel has a very terrible time creating villains. They do. Like, I, I can't even really think of a really solid Marvel villain. Um, Kingpin. Okay. So, all right, all right, here we go. We got Kingpin. Who else um, we got? We got Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth was pretty good. And we got, can we step outside the Netflix Marvel shows? Um, I guess I think I really I know you haven't seen Spider Man yet. I think what's his name? Homecoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vulture. Vulture was pretty decent. I think. Okay, but all right, but but so larger point when we like go too far off the rails. So in Defenders, the main problem for the show, just like a lot of other Marvel things, the hand like they built them up like in these foreboding scenes before they get into the action, like they're just these really awesome characters who are very powerful and then when it gets down to it like they don't really do shit yeah. like they're, they're fodder like the hands always like, oh the, the hand is everywhere and blah blah blah, blah. and like they made them so mysterious they made them seem well, like they was the illuminati or something but but they basically were in other shows like in daredevil you can't go to the cops at all because nah. <laughs> the hand has cops everywhere you, there's no reason to go to cops. Like, period. In Luke Cage, you go to cops, they're too corrupt. You can't trust it. And Jessica Jones, you can trust the cops more because Kilgrave was controlling them. And with Iron Fist, without, that was just stupid. Like, I don't even. The hand was too big to take down. That was the whole point, basically. Yeah. And, it, and they it, set it up in a very similar way, but like, when it comes down to it, Electra kills Sigourney Weaver's character, who doesn't fight at all. Like, she's supposed to be the baddest of them all, who, who ain't fighting anything at all. She's the biggest badass. And she gets stabbed in the back with size by Electra, and don't none of the other four, while they sitting right in front of her, try to check her. And the concept of Electra being a villain is whacking itself. Like, that, I'm fine like, with that, but. Nah, I, I, I wasn't feeling that, period. Like, and it's. Nah, I wasn't. No, but look, here's the thing. If like, she can take out all the, four of the defenders by herself, well, this is the now, thing. This granted, is the thing. Luke Cage was drugged, and then she took out, okay, she took out everybody, including Stick, by herself, right? And then when all of the fucking uh, hand is together, without Stick, they can't beat him. See, this is the thing. This is the thing that I felt. I felt like it's better to have a large, a, a villain that uses more of their intellect than their actual physical prowess. Like, there's nothing exciting about the fact that Electra can, like, kick their ass, you know, with ninja moves and shit, more so Mm -hmm. than she's being a weapon or an extension of someone else who is more calculating and more powerful than she is. So I kind of like the fact that Sigourney Weaver character at Alexandria being that character and being that villain, she 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 could fight, she could defend herself, 
But could she have taken on the defenders the way Electra can? No, she couldn't. But we don't like she know. She was supposed to be the character that was going to be the more manipulative character, the one that was going to get them, hit them where it hurts. Like, that's another thing I wanted to see. I wanted to see mm-hmm. them have more emotional turmoil. Well, well so, okay, all right, hold on, hold on. Not, not because, I, I just want to jump real fast to what you're talking about so we can get to the next thing. So, for example, they had all their – think about how dumb this is. So, like, if you are those four heroes, remember how they had all the people who were close to them go to the police station? Yeah. Now, first off, you kind of giving everybody a hint that if they're associated with you, they know who the real person is, all this shit. Now, in case of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, everybody already know. And, and I guess Dan... But people don't even know Danny Rand's an Iron Fist and all that. And they don't know the shit about Matt Murdock. You can put two and two together pretty quick after all that just happened. But why even have them in the precinct? Nobody even threatened them. Nobody even blew up their apartments, nothing. Just, you know. The hand was doing all kind of stuff to people. And you couldn't get them to the cops because the cops would corrupt and in the hand. Like you, That, that would have been suicide previously. And people who have been tried to be protected by cops knew about that. They never would have gone to the police station, period. It was just a reason to have all the characters together in one spot. Exactly. So, look, I, my uh, review, first four episodes, solid eight. Last four, three. What, I mean, we could combine them and give it a four and a half or five, round it up, whatever. Yeah, but, that's, that's why I gave it to about a six. But, um, the parts I like are really good, but the, the there's some stuff in it that's just so bad. And we ain't got time to go through all of it. But Yeah, I was going to say, before we get too deep into it, let's go ahead and get into the Colin Kaepernick story. So um, We already kind of gave a rundown of it, so we can just kind of jump head first into it. Uh, NFL's losing a shit ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Man, you they know, played I, this you know, all wrong. I, I don't really watch sports at all, so it really didn't matter to me, you know, either or if they losing money or or not. But I mean, based off their decision to pretty much blackball someone because of their um, beliefs, I believe they pretty much deserve what they're getting for that. So, so right quick, um, I don't, I you know, I don't have a list in front of me, but just off the top of my head, so Colin Kaepernick has been not given a job. Now, and again, let me just put this in context. So Colin Kaepernick is a player who is, he's taking the team to a Super Bowl. He is, um, you know, he's been up and down, but he's a lot better than a lot of guys who are starters in the league currently. And he definitely at least would be a backup somewhere. Yeah. And all he did was protest police brutality. Nothing deeper than that. So, so uh, what, what position does he play? I, I know they don't quarterback. Play. Most important position on the field, according oh, okay. to many people. So does he usually play like as a backup quarterback? No. Like that, no. He's a no, he normally starter. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But anyway. What yeah, but, but here's something pretty funny. So uh-huh. Colin Kaepernick, you know, he's kneeling during the national anthem, just making people mad. NFL, in the last 10 years, I'm, again, just going on top of my head, they've had players who – have been back on active rosters pretty quickly um, after, like, a couple game suspensions and stuff like that. Actually, a guy last year had a game suspension initially, and then they uh, did more to keep him off. His name was Josh Brown. Uh-huh. He was a, a uh, kicker for the Giants. He There were multiple reports of him beating his wife. He, even, like, journals of his that right. the NFL obtained of him uh, admitting to doing that to his wife. 
And until all that stuff came out, they didn't do nothing. Then they suspended him forever. When Ray Rice was caught beating his wife in the elevator, I said beating. He punched her and knocked her out. Also yeah. spit on her before punching her out. Nah, he straight, uh, they he straight uh, initially, her ass. I remember that. Yeah, and initially they only suspended for two games. The video came out. Then they uh, suspended him for the season. Then he got cut from the team and never played another down. Meanwhile, you got guys like uh, – I can't remember. I think his name was Josh Brent. He was a tackle for the Cowboys. Two years ago, three years ago, excuse me, he uh, committed manslaughter, DUI, uh, with a car, with his a teammate on the Dallas Cowboys. Killed a teammate. Was playing the next season. Not, not suspended one game on nothing. Uh, they've had players who have continued to play, like Pac-Man Jones, Adam Pac-Man Jones, was drafted by the Titans, had a lot of problems, had some other issues come up, and they playing with the Bengals still. This dude put a head out on somebody in the strip club <laughs> and and got multiple people shot, people uh, paralyzed, no, and sorry, he's still playing. I, it's just the fact that you said he put a head out on somebody. He did, He put, did he, look, did he instead, to, of, instead of popping the trunk, that man sent a text. Did he go to the dark web or something? Have you heard nah, that? nah, it was just somebody, like, <laughs> in, in the available area. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, you don't have to have an app for that. It's the hood. You just, you know, hey, where your man's at? And then they just <laughs> took him. Tried to take them out. Um, so then they got people who are uh, throwing women on guns. They got people getting called. Just doing all kind of mess. And they still playing. But if, if you dare protest police brutality, oh, we can't have that shit. You, you know what I think it is, though, really what it comes down to is that people are just looking at the fact of what he's doing, but not what he's doing it for. They just looking at no, they all looking at that. But if you protest against the police, you're protesting against white people in the minds of a lot of these people. They they see police as a proxy for white people. And if a white person is racist, that makes them racist. Or or they somehow are part of the systemic problem of how police institutions treat minorities. And so even though these people in many cases are getting caught red-handed to punish them, uh, for violating their oath to protect people despite the power they have, uh, they feel like that's somehow accosting them as well. Hmm. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. So then they start talking about he's disrespecting troops and this and that and like, well, you know. What I'm saying is that I, I do believe that in what you're saying, but I'm saying for people, I think the average American or what I would consider to be the, the more simpler person, they're just looking at what he's doing and not what he's doing it for, you know? So... Keith, uh, let me ask you a question real quick. It, well, you know what? This is a bad question to ask for you because you don't go to sports stuff. No. Where do you go with there's a national anthem? Where do I go? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 are you ever present in a place like, you know, where the national anthem's being... Um, sung or, or performed somehow? Uh, I can't remember the last time I've been anywhere where the National Anthem was performed. Okay, this is not probably for you then. Alright, audience, I'm going to talk to you now. When you're out and about and for whatever reason the National Anthem is being performed, look around you. People ain't taking off their hat. Everybody ain't got their hand around they, uh, across their chest. Uh, everybody is not silent for the national anthem. 
and it ain't got nothing to do with protesting anything. They they disrespecting the flag and, and the anthem if you're taking it that way in our country. I mean, is it that deep? Probably not. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like some people are just they they just see it as simply being that. Especially if somebody taught you something your whole life that that's what you're supposed to do. Because I bet you, I'm trying to think of a time where someone made me do it as a kid or something, but I'm sure a lot of people out there probably, when they were a kid, their mother or their father told them, when the national anthem comes on, you know, you, you give it a moment of silence, you put your your, your hand, heart on your chest, I mean, I'm sorry, your hand on your, your chest where your heart at, take your hat off, like somebody taught them that, and they told, told them that because you're, this is to honor our troops. And so like, mm-hmm. they had that embedded in their brain. So even if it is for something else, essentially, <laughs> they that's not that's not what they equated to. They equated to what their parents taught them. Yeah. Well, so, you know, one thing I, I would like to bring up too, because I, I think it's an interesting contrast, is how this pertains to uh, N- NBA players. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we can say for certain is Colin Kaepernick's protest has nothing to do with the game. And I think you know, I don't agree with this notion, but if you wanted to say stick to sports, all of that, at least on that end, there's a defense. If you go back and look at the 2014 uh, Donald Sterling NBA controversy where Donald Sterling was caught on tape by his side piece, V. Stefiano saying that he didn't want her being around black people at his games. He's he, Donald Sterling is the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers. He said he did not want his side piece. And keep, I keep saying side piece because he's married. Was married. Was he still married? I think he's still married. Anyway, he's married at the time for certain. And he was saying he didn't want his side piece bringing black people to the games. And in particular, he was talking about Magic Johnson. The, the like, I mean... I mean, he's Mr. L.A., you know, uh, and has done all this great charity work and this and that, so on and so forth, and, like, has done nothing um, but, you know, create a sterling reputation for himself. And people saw these comments that he made uh, that was so egregious, and, and he was just saying, like, I mean, love black people privately, uh, but don't be seen with them publicly. Like he was like, don't be on your Instagram doing this and that. Don't be seen with black people, even though she herself is mixed with black and whatever else. Um, so I say that to say, the NBA players had an owner in their league, and that is actually something that affects your game. If somebody uh, owns a franchise, and we're talking about a majority black league. You should feel the need to to stick your neck out and say, you know what? No, we're not gonna have this. And boycott or do whatever you feel like you need to do. But they didn't do that. I mean, people say they didn't because they didn't want to sacrifice game checks. But at the same time, we see players all the time, back then, prior to that, and particularly now, giving up tens of millions of dollars on guaranteed salary for an opportunity to win a ring. But you can't give up a couple of game checks for the your dignity as a human being. True. 
to to make. I mean, like, because you're not going to lose a PR battle. Like, what are they gonna say? The owners gonna be like, you better play these games. And it's like we have a really racist owner. We need y'all to figure out if you're gonna have him as part of of your little club of owners. Like, exactly. this is ridiculous. We're not gonna put up with this. This dude is super racist. Uh-huh. He has a history doing this over decades. I'm not gonna go through the whole list of things, but he's done plenty uh, to sully his reputation and show that he's not an individual who respects minorities. Period. Yeah. So, and as I don't know, it's, it's it just blows my mind looking back on it. Um, and actually, to help uh, provide context, let's play a little clip here to show people kind of what this guy was all about. That's what people do. They turn things around. I want you to love them privately. In your whole life, every day you can be with them. Every single day of your life. But they're not in public? But why publicize it on, on the Instagram? And why bring it to my games? Why bring the black people to the game? I... I, I really don't want to discuss anymore. It's over. I don't want to talk about it. I'm sorry that you feel that way. I, I feel that way so strongly. And it may cause our relationship to just break apart. And if it does, it does. It's better to break apart now than to break apart later. I'm sorry that you still have people around you that are full of racism and hate in their heart. I'm sorry that you're still racist in your heart. I'm sorry that you live in a world that still... How about, the, how about your whole life? Every day, you could do whatever you want. You could sleep with them, you could bring them in, you could do whatever you want. The little I ask you is not to promote it on that and, and not to bring them to my games. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, I think I think this guy is, is, is terrible, first and foremost, just to, just to say that. But, man, it's, it's funny how he, He's the owner in an industry, like you said, that's majority black, where you pretty much just use, you know, using black people for your own personal entertainment. And then at the same time, you have a, um, didn't you say his um, side piece was mixed? Mm-hmm. Have black half, some, something else. Mm-hmm. That we're unsure of, you know. So he just using black bodies in all type of ways. Right? He's like a Hershey's kiss in his milk or something, I don't know. Like a what? What do you call it? A, I don't even. I was about to say a nice slave owner. <laughs> <laughs> you know Man, I'm, I'm not going there. Like, he, he, but he's a slave owner. He doesn't have slaves in the field. He has like Mandingo warriors or some shit. Oh uh, no! All right, see, see, here her. you go. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna go there. I, I, you know I what, get it. I'm not going is. there. He's, He's um he's um old boy from Django, right? He's like uh, Mr. Candy. Candy, yeah. Oh, Cause you know Mr. Candy had him a black side piece. He treated. What well, I mean, he wasn't he wouldn't get down on Samuel Jackson. That ain't what we're talking about. No, no, he had the he had a black woman that was with him. Remember the? Oh, woman? you talking about uh, Jane Foxx wife? Yeah, he had the a few black women that were, they had the little the little big ass dresses and shit. Yes. He had okay. some black women. Cause you never saw him with a white woman. Okay. See, I'm, I'm not even. That, that's a like a totally. We have to do a whole pod about that. Like we can't, we can't do that for do five minutes. Podcast. But yeah, he he's like that guy. He's that guy. <laughs> well, 
So he he went into locker rooms, for example. If you're gonna really jump into this bucket now, but uh, he used to take some of his uh, side pieces who were white and bring them into the locker room where the players are. You know, like they shower with naked or whatever. And uh, he coming in with the locker room with them. He said, "Ooh, look at their beautiful black bodies." What? This is like in the eighties. This is like verbatim <laughs> what players were saying. He said, "Hey, he is most definitely that guy." He, fre- he fresh out of it. Look, look, he, now you get it. Look, if, 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 I wrote plenty Mark of stuff Day, about this. Mark that's Day all. Play, it's on ballofmindframe.com. Well, wait a minute. I'm sorry. It's Hol- Harwood and Hollywood now. Um, and and various other places. I've written about Donald Sterling and his exploits. That and, boy is a modern day slave owner. I think the <laughs> most interesting part about all of this is that so the Clippers the were for they had a for sale from. Donald Sterling to Steve Ballmer, who purchased the franchise for $2 billion, and the, and the franchise was terrible. There was no way they were actually valued at that. But the main thing is the owners had skeletons in their closets who they didn't want coming out, and they didn't have to sacrifice a damn thing. They got a, you know, pretty much what they wanted out of it. They got him out. They got uh, a large chunk of that $2 billion sale. And get how much of that $2 billion the players got. How much? Zero. Mm-mm. So they they chose not to boycott for what? It wasn't about the checks. It wasn't about them checks. Because the thing is, sponsors, if sponsors ain't going to stay, uh, or not even sponsors, but CEOs of a presidential council ain't going to stay because a uh, president started saying something about violence on many sides, I don't really think you got to worry too much. Now, again, this is like, I guess supposed to be hindsight, but like sponsors weren't finna jump ship because the plays ain't finna play for a owner talking about, you know. I mean, he said a lot of stuff much uglier than love them privately, but I mean, hey, I'm gonna tell you why they didn't. Uh, tell they're afraid. They like, I'm. Afraid. I don't want to get Massa in trouble. Well, well, well. Here's the thing. So they, <laughs> they don't get one thing you gotta remember is these guys since they high school, since AU ball. And, you know, if they play college uh, that one year, if they were good enough to be like that, they've been told since they were 14, 15, that they are brands. They are not like normal people. So their concerns as far as rights and this and that, they don't really need to get in all of that because you got to consider what that could mean for your brand. You could lose equity in your brand just like that by trying to, like, take a stand for something. Pretty Which you've been, you've is been true. To just being a thing, pretty much. Yeah, like Michael I mean, Clay. it that's real because you saw talking about how you know this and that person doesn't need to be treated differently, and suddenly conservative polls start getting stronger. <laughs> you know, and and that does correlate into revenue at some point. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, most of the leagues that are even. You know, as far as like majority black being players, are never majority black as far as consumers. And so, as a league, they do ask people to be as cognizant as possible of how they're presenting themselves. So that's why they start having like dress codes and ask people not to continue to do Allen Iverson kind of stuff, with all these tattoos and talking their shit because it scares people Man, away. For real, I just thought about that. Like you don't see you don't see cats that look like Dennis Rodman no more. And we'll stop there because if we keep going, that's gonna be another hour. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I mean, we got five more minutes. We got about five more minutes. So 
that ain't enough time to be jumping into like what happened with the league's image and how scared white people get of black people who who ain't buttoned up so there's no individuality anymore right it's not that there's no individuality it's just that you can see everybody kind of right now uh kind of taking their brand in in to consideration before they make moves and before they go outside with haircuts and all kind of shit like seriously like it's it's very it's carefully crafted so you're not really going to see players go out of their way to take stands even in the case of the nba where they have the strongest union next to the mlb well major league baseball you might not know what i mean um it's uh i don't know it's it's interesting because the nfl players for them to kneel so, like, the thing keep in mind, like, Kaepernick had been kind of doing that stuff prior to the last NBA season. And the NBA, I'm talking about, man, they were begging NBA players not to, like, start kneeling doing the national anthem. Like, please don't. Like, this is going to cause so many problems, bro. Please don't. And NFL players, their contracts are not guaranteed. In the majority of cases, the same. Well, excuse me, no NFL contract is guaranteed. The vast majority of NBA contracts are guaranteed, and they're way more robust as far as the amount of money you get per contract per year so on and so forth so nfl players are taking a much bigger chance when they do this kind of stuff than nba players i mean franchise can trade up your contract in the nfl i mean i mean there might be consequences to it but they can trade it you can't do that in the nba for the vast majority of them you got to pay that dude they have a lot more protection and they're just simply not going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't know that there was a difference in how their contracts are set up between in the NFL and the NBA. It would take it would take at least an hour to break break it all down. It's interesting to some degree, but you know, it it's um you know, it it's it's a really kind of um, tedious topic to cover uh, and it's it's not really something we can do in a few minutes, but I I have become more and more disappointed that you know even people like LeBron have continued to softball social issues whenever they come their way because they're so concerned about brand equity I mean I get it I I 100% do Uh, and at the same time like you know your voice matters Yeah, especially a voice coming from someone you know that's that's in in the spotlight like that like um, LeBron James or um, Wayne Wade or just just all these different athletes and stuff because they're like they're modern day heroes to people. Well, everybody so really to today is a modern day OJ Simpson who wouldn't right. say like when um, in the 1960s players were boycotting. Uh, I believe it was the Olympics and I want to say 68. Simpson wouldn't do it. And he was just like, look, man, I ain't trying to get into all that, bro. I'm trying to make this money. I mean, now, he ain't say it exactly like that. But, but I mean, <laughs> it was understood he didn't want to get involved because of how white people would, would perceive him if he had decided to, to go that route. And whether we put it so bluntly or not, that's what we're talking about, a concern about how white people feel about stuff. And so... You, you know, you're not going to not speak out because, it, like, oh, black people ain't going to take it the right way. That's not what we're talking about right now. If you say, I'm against police brutality, very few black people are going to be like, 
He's full of shit. I don't like this guy now. That's not what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you you do got some black people that be on there trying though. Be like, oh well, maybe he was just belligerent. Maybe he deserved to get his ass kicked. Well, and then you got yeah, you those got, people then exist. You got yeah. people like Ray. Uh, what, what's this? What's that? What's that motherfucker? Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. Yeah, that's silly, some bitch. That let me let me not call him that, but. Um, Man, yeah, you don't want him knocking on your door. I mean, oh, yeah, he you can disagree dude. with him all day. Yeah, I don't know what I'm I, I would not fight him. But to to talk, he to add to some to what you're saying, he pretty much said the same thing to uh, Colin Kaepernick. Did you see that Instagram post he put up about Colin Kaepernick? Man, look, all all these people on Fox Sports that they got who are black men saying all this crazy stuff about this man's hair. And about how if if black people if if there's no NFL season the people are boycotting and this and that then the cities will riot because black people ain't gonna have nothing to do and I just like man, yeah, that's some that, dumb as shit. But he was pretty much saying pretty much what you were saying in the sense mm-hmm. of he was saying just go out there and play the game. You know if you you know you got something that you got protesting. He was pretty much telling that if you're gonna protest, do it in a Privately. Well, that's the yeah, just no, like uh, Cordell like, Stewart, who's a former quarterback for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, black guy, said that Colin Kaepernick he didn't have a problem necessarily with the protest, but he should do it more more quietly. Like what type? What what the what type of fucking protest is quiet? Um. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not man. saying that that's not effective or that that doesn't exist, and I there are things that Colin Kaepernick does know for the community and things like that but um protests are usually loud and they're usually out. he's already said he wouldn't he would stand for the anthem going forward because he's already made this point about how he feels about police brutality and the thing is we should close by saying yesterday donald trump decided to pardon and I can't even say this name man's name correctly, but ju- uh, judge, I mean judge Lord, excuse me, yeah. sheriff apparel, something like that, um, out in Arizona, who was basically running concentration camps for Hispanic people. He just assumed anybody Hispanic was an illegal immigrant, and so yeah, and, and I, I'm not gonna say that ju- he saw a Hispanic person. They always exactly went to some sort of concentration camp he set up, but. Uh, women who um, were pregnant and trying to give birth would still chain. Uh, people were in sweat boxes so hot, like over 140 degrees, where their freaking shoes would melt. There was all kind of crazy stuff happening. And he was found by a federal judge to be guilty of like discrimination, all this and that. And Donald Trump pardoned this man. Um, and that's a so Colin Kaepernick's thing is about, you know, supporting all kind of things. It wasn't particularly focused on Hispanics, but this is worth bringing up because these protests, um, this this intersection between sports and real life, is not going to stop. Like, I mean, things are being pushed past where they previously have been as far as um, – what was acceptable, what is, what is not acceptable. Our president currently feels like um, he wants to push 
against what he considers to be any kind of illegal immigration. I understand that stance. That doesn't mean you allow that kind of stuff to happen that this this sheriff was was um, putting forth. But to do that means that this stuff is no longer fringe. If you're going to pardon the dude for that, you're basically saying that anybody else who's a sheriff who wants to do something similar has a blind check. I mean, excuse me, a blind, a blank check. And even prior to this, people in Baltimore, where, where uh, the Raven, Baltimore Ravens, considered signing Colin Kaepernick, one of the reasons people were saying there's no way he should be signed, people who had cameras on who were cops were caught blatantly red-handed planting drug evidence and they're getting death duty. They're not going to jail. There's no repercussions for them. We're not even talking about killing people now at this point. Like, I mean, that, that's certainly present. People getting caught on tape doing that. But, like, the violation of the law should mean that that law should, should you know, be present and people should be, you know, held responsible for their actions if you're abusing your power. And that's not occurring right now. Yeah, you're right in saying that that's not occurring at this time. And, and it's it's a shame that people don't understand when um, when people do certain protests like Colin Kaepernick, that it's not to show any type of disgrace towards our, um, the men and women who have died for our country, but more so to um, protest the injustice that goes on in our um, country on a daily basis. So. Um, but with that, I, I think it's time for us to go ahead and wrap up. You guys continue to rock with us. Um, check us out where we on Google Play. Uh, what else we got? iTunes, <laughs> SoundCloud. I'm trying to think about everything. SoundCloud, you know, check us out, share. Um, please comment. give us a review. Yeah, please give us a review <laughs> so we'll know how to make this podcast better for y'all. So I'm Keith and crazy guys, Aaron, and, and we out of here. <laughs> Drink some more, y'all. Have fun out there. We'll see y'all next time. All right, peace. All right.